0: Hello, and welcome to another podcast from The Practical Medium, and I am Michelle, your practical medium. I was planning to do a part two on the last podcast for this one, but my time, day, week, whatever, got sidetracked in the fact that I lost a family member on Thursday. And I'm not necessarily broken up about the loss of this family member it's it's an uncle but in the sense that I did have a little period of grief I didn't have but I haven't really interacted with this person in a very long time and I haven't seen him in years I haven't talked to him in years he just kind of checked out of the family and did his own thing so while it was it's sad to lose him and it sucks the way we lost him it doesn't um I'm not real upset however that doesn't mean that weird stuff didn't go down and that doesn't mean that i'm you know just starting this out to say oh hey my uncle died but i'm looking for some sympathy no this isn't facebook and i'm always going to be flippant that's something i do so apologize if that seems weird anywho the thing with my uncle is that um when he died he died of a uh, cancer he had um untreated cancer and it was found a el- I guess you could say a little too late. I'm still not clear on the details and they kind of don't really matter at this point. It was just one of those freak fluke things that you don't have all the answers yet because it's still too soon. But what I want to talk about is that it made me realize that even though I am not connected to him emotionally and apart from the fact that he's somebody I've known for my entire life but wasn't a part of it, that... I was still connected way more to a dead person than and I, than I should have, and it wasn't anything I did intentionally, and it was a little freaky and gross. And I'm putting this podcast out to share with everybody what that was like, because it um, it was weird, and it also give you an insight of how mediums process death. I'm not speaking for all the mediums, but I, you know, I, I'm sure many experience this because we get to shortcut or not even go through some of the parts of grief uh, because we have the certainty that we're going to see these people again and that we're that they're not lost forever just the physical shell so it's um i thought maybe it would be good to put out and you know let people give people an insight of what it's like to have these things and i will say even as a medium I, i would do go through will go through grief for people who I do love deeply, and it won't necessarily be any less strong than somebody who's not sensitive. I will have the same kind of, you know, sensations and feeling of being torn apart, mainly because I'm still human and I still have physical feelings that, you know, I have the, the you know, the oxytocin in the brain that makes us ad- addicted to somebody else, pardon me there. And that's what makes connections. And when we, we are with somebody who we love, we have a lifelong addiction to them. And it's wonderful because it's how, it's how we work. It's how we operate. It's what we need in order to keep our family bonds and keep things together. Because if without it, we don't necessarily, we wouldn't go on to marry. We wouldn't go on to have children. And we wouldn't propagate it as a species if we didn't do this. So it's, um, so when I lose more people as my, and whenever time that happens, I will be torn apart. This just happens to be a death where uh, it's family, but I don't have feelings much in the way of anything for various reasons. And I'm more sad for the family that do care for him and that have to deal with this loss. So anyway, without further ado, I'm going to get into the tale and um explain walk everybody through what i experienced in the time after he passed so i'm gonna get myself comfortable here so let me pardon my background noises and it was thursday and i'm i've got a storage unit that i've had for far too long and i need to clear out so i can at least downsize the damn thing and i'm finishing doing i'm in there as long as i can because it's oppressively hot outside and there's no insulation in this place so yuck gross i am just nastied out in my storage unit not really aware of what's going on in the sensitive world or sensitive side of things nothing like i usually am and i'm go about my business and it's sometime after six o'clock on that day and i get a call from my mom and I don't normally get calls from her because at that time, because it's dinner time, they're eating, and she immediately lets me know that um, my uncle had passed. This is not her brother; it's my dad's brother. And so we're on the phone for a little bit and talked about the circumstances. And I was, as I always am, because I have experienced so much death and loss in my life. I'm numb for the, like about five or six hours afterwards, and I function normally. But Like I said, I still go through a little bit of grief even for people I don't care for or have much affection for or connection with because well, it's a death, they're gone. The physical person is no longer and it sucks and there ain't no way around it. And it's a permanent change in our lives or my life and it's everybody's lives and there's no going back on it. That part, yeah, I did finally have a bit of a letdown. I did have a little bit of a cry and i you know but that was later in the evening between the time i got the, the news and that moment i started to do the things that you do when you agree when you're find out about somebody's passing what was going on at the time of their death what led to it what were they experiencing were they peaceful you know these questions we want to know that know that somebody had a good death that they didn't struggle or they didn't um they weren't uh, under unnecessary resuscitation orders or you know that they weren't freaked out you just want to know that they're peaceful and for me I can get those answers unfortunately I didn't need those answers at that time because uh, it, it you, the connecting with somebody who's only been dead for a couple of hours they're still feeling physical they're still adjusting the things that they just left their body and they still feel like they are you know, a hundred percent in their body because it's not, it's not a quick transference. You just don't get yeeted out of your body and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're divine. It doesn't work like that. But in his case, he must have had morphine in his system or some powerful painkiller because I felt really gross and squicky. I could just, I, I just felt like I was on a trip. And I don't mesh with opiates. My body and brain do not like them. They they will find any way to go get this crap out of here as quick as you can. And we're going to make you feel like you got the flu in the meantime. So opiates and me. So if somebody else is on opiates, and I've had this happen where the, the high has been, Ken tried to share the high with me. And this is another story for another time. But... He tried to share the high with me and I reacted the same as if I had actually physically taken the opiate myself. I'm just like, get that crap out of here. I can't do drugs and this is why. And I'm not pissed at you because you never see all this happen before. But yeah, get rid of it, please. So I imagine that your normal sensations are compounded upon somebody who's now free-floating not sure of where they're at for the moment they're still high from whatever painkiller opiate they were given and they're kind of on that euphoria not kind of they're totally in that euphoria that comes with passing um yeah i got no words except the sounds i just made to describe how that felt not a good thing and not something i should have done it was just and it wasn't something i did intentionally it was accidental and when nobody warns you about again about this stuff you don't realize that you are going to accidentally connect with somebody who's freshly dead and it's really that simple that all i'm doing is trying to empathize a little bit with what they went through in their passing you know it's like did they slow down gently? Did they pass, did their heart stop? And these questions that you ask of yourself and wonder about, for me, opens a connection to that person and I get that information. And, mm, mm, God, I'm trying not to belabor the fact that, that but it's like, the, the it was visceral. It was mm, gross. So, yeah, you won't. I will not be doing that again, even when it comes to my parents and other loved ones passing. I'm going to tell them, you know, um, this is not a good time. Go do what they're telling you to do. Follow those instructions and get back to me tomorrow. (laughs) Because it really, it needs to wait at least a day before any connection can happen because things are just so squiggly and squicky. And anyway, I'll stop talking about that part. Anyway, so that was... um, one of the experiences and i'm now that i'm thinking about it when i was on the phone with my mom and she's telling me this and we're we got uh, after the initial burst came out of what happened and the that sucks and wow that was fast and stuff like that i'm just kind of letting the back of my head loose which is literally what i call it because it's where it feels like my consciousness kind of on tethers I'm hearing, I'm free, I'm free. And I'm like, "Uh, let's not go any farther on that one. So, you know, I'm not even trying, I don't even wanna hear anything right now. And so that was the conscious connection. The other stuff I would call the subconscious connection. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I know he's okay, he's happy, he's feeling better and he's not in pain anymore, so awesome. Let's keep going on with this conversation and talk to mom. Which I did, got out the phone, and went about the rest of my stuff like I was already doing. And didn't really think a whole lot more about it. What I was talking about with the, with the squeaky connection happened about, I don't know, within a half an hour after learning he had passed. And then that time, the amount of time that had passed since he uh, left, uh, left this, uh, his shell behind, was maybe two hours. And it's too soon. Just too soon. So I go about the rest of my day. And this is evening. This is my evening after evening errands and stuff. And I come. I go home. And as I... You, the, your thoughts obviously turn... I'm sorry for the bad segue. Your thoughts obviously turn to the person that has passed. Regardless of how close or not you were to them. You're still going to think about them. And the entire time I'm getting imagery of... Hint of my uncle when he was younger sitting and drinking a beer at the picnic table and behind my grandparents house uh you know and that was in, in smoking a cigarette of course because that's what he did and it's repetitive imagery that comes to me throughout most of the evening and it's annoying me because i want my own internal con- you know memories of my childhood and the the one the few good ones i have that's what i'm looking for i'm trying to just think about that stuff but i'm getting bombarded with live imagery of where he's at now and how fast he figured out how to go home but for him maybe more time passed than i'm aware of i don't know i wasn't about to ask i'm not going to connect with him for a while and i don't know if i will because nobody's going to come to me looking for him and because it's my family so i don't know if i will ever really dig in and if he is up on the if he's off on the other side doing the things he loves best then i'm not going to bother him not you know he doesn't need to be there is now i will say that there was somebody in his life at one point that he felt that he never closed the book on i guess and linda did pick up on that and gave me the name of the person but this whoever she was if she was in whenever she was around she may have been before my time and i have yet to ask about this person so that's about really the only hiccup that i'd say that came with that but what was really annoying obnoxious unwanted about the whole thing was is that it was the equivalent of intrusive thoughts and we all have intrusive thoughts, um, you know, the appeal of the void, the uh, pelle du void, void. if I get my French wrong. Um, you know, th- that tells us to do weird, crazy stuff like throw ourselves over a railing in a mall or, you know, turn your wheel and crash into that car, oncoming car and kill yourself. Stuff like that. And it's it this is the equivalent, the psychic medium's equivalent of. Why the hell, oh God, I have another hole to patch because this crap is leaking in. So now I have to patch this hole and I have to patch that hole. And yeah, this is sucky because every time I find a hole, it's not what I want it to be. So, you know, as I said, I was trying to find some some pleasant memories and trying just to send some well wishes. Because even though I don't have fondness, a lot of fondness for this person, even though he's family... I don't wish ill of anybody when they're on the other side. I just don't want to connect with them. I don't want anything. I don't want anything to do with them. You know, it's just the way it is. You never did anything for me. Why do I want to do anything with you? And, you know, comme si, comme ça, the golden rule, whatever. Anyway, so all of these, this is where I'm trying to keep myself mentally. And finally, you know, and I'm also trying to get some tears out, not forcing, just going okay there's going to be a wave where's this wave i want this wave to come and i want it to come so i can get it out and i can relax and move it forward no i'm getting weird connection hits from him uh i'm getting weird imagery not weird as in like oh my god what the hell is that small along the lines of random snippets of images of him you know always with a beer in the hand sometimes he's at a bar drinking beer and smoking a cigarette sometimes it's like as i remember him in the backyard again of my grandparents house because we had a lot of parties there you know standing there looking half assed and drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette because that was his thing and that's all what's coming into my head so i i don't have this is just this is not memory memory is not snippets like that in in the sense and the feeling that comes behind them memory has solidity memory now we might forget some details in memory but we can pretty much get 90 percent to 95 percent of our memories to fire off and give us you know the history now if you're like me and you've got an eidetic memory or a near photographic memory you find that there's shit that you wish you could forget but you can't and I annoy people with that all the time but that's another story for another time which I'm always talking about other stories for other times and putting them off so so this is how I know Partial part of how I know this is not memory coming to me but something that is every time I think about him I'm connecting to him and getting these imageries and these memories and not even memories you know just looking at the inside of his house or just nothing you know there's mm, it's just like seeing a picture with a little bit of live action because there might be some movement but nothing more than that because as soon as I'm realizing this I'm saying out damn spot I don't want this so it was really annoying obnoxiousness and I finally managed to shut it down and I have to shut this down I don't, if if I want my sanity and I want my ability to just wall that off and not have it leak into my mind every time I try to just be thinking with my normal part of my brain with memories and emotions and how I should be feelings, I can't let that leak in. I have to block that out. And I'm sure many mediums have run into that. I know Linda has. And I know she's just a sample of one because she's really one of the few full-blown mediums I know but my other mentor has warned me against doing this after I told her she's like yeah you, you want to stay out of there and uh, just don't let it in so I haven't really been putting too much thought to him unfortunately unless um, it's been talked about you know by family or by you know I'm seeing somebody post something uh, on the book of faces God I hate that place um, so with that going on there's just i have spent very little time thinking about them because i have i can't function if i do it's really annoying i don't like it it sucks but maybe this is some this is my training my training wheels to handle the physical side of things our dense physical side of things and how we operate as a human with grief and the not so dense physical side of instant communication with somebody who's not physical and be able to control it. I never learned how to control it in life, which is why I shut down for for over 20 years. of 20 years, yeah, it's uh, about 25 years I had shut down because I never knew how to keep stuff out, but I'm learning and this is my, this is what I'm doing, but you know, it's not fun. And I hate that this has to be like this because I just want to be able to move forward normally. So on, now on that note, I have beaten that one out and uh, there's nothing left. So the other aspect I am going wanted to bring up was the fact that I don't grieve the same way as somebody who is not sensitive. And I don't know any other way to put that, but it is... There are a lot of things that people think, and I've gone through it myself, about when somebody passes, and I meant, you know, the stuff I've just mentioned. You seek them out, you know, you're trying to find their presence in your life still, even because you don't want to believe that it's been snuffed out. You don't want to believe that your addiction, you know, to this person has been cut off abruptly and ended. You don't, so you, your, your brain goes searching, but because most people aren't open to the other side, they just kind of walk into a blank, an, into a wall. They don't, so they're kind of in their own mind. They're trapped in their mind, so to speak. And I'm trying not to make this sound negative so much as I'm just trying to make it sound uh, matter of fact because it it's, it's the literal difference between sensitive and non-sensitive and having been shut down for a very long time to the point where, where Ken complained about my blocks being like cement, um, I've, I can speak to both sides. So this is when you're, so when some, one of the biggest things, I am sorry for tripping over my tongue. One of the biggest things that we look for is uh, the continued existence of somebody. And over time, we have to accept that their continued existence is not there because they can't be physical again. There's just no way they can be physical in the sense that we knew them. That the body, the shell is, Linda calls them the shell, and it's uh, the, excuse me, let me repeat that. Linda calls the body the shell. And I kind of have been picked up, picking up on that language because, yeah, the body is a shell. It's a container. And when we leave it, we leave our shells behind. And, you know, and we're born into something new. So it's kind of metaphorical, but it's a good, it's a good place. It's a good word to use to explain our bodies when we leave it. So when somebody dies, as I was saying, we can't come, they can't come back. We can't have them back in the form we once w- knew them because the shell has, you know, reached its expiration date and it's decayed and it can't be used again. For me, I have the mm, how would i put it what's the word i am looking for the confirmation maybe the what would be another good word confidence and knowledge that this person is still with us and is still in existence and that they are still checking in on us and sometimes even spending the day with us and days and weeks and months in ken's case You know he'll go away for the day but it's because he's looking in on other people and i seem to be having some issues here okay um he's going and checking in on his family his family and friends and he's watching them and hanging out with them because something special is going on or they just wants to you know change the scenery every now and again but he still knows what's going on throughout my days and he knows that of what i've gone through because it's just the way awareness works on the other side it's kind of freaky camera you know but eyes in the sky everywhere, but it's not being used against you. It's more along the lines of, "Oh hey, I know you did that, you bad girl, you kind of stuff," as opposed to anything anything malicious. And um, so I don't have that part of grief in my mental, uh, in my my mental processing of the of somebody's passing. Now, I'm not sure how this will happen when I lose somebody very close to me. And hopefully I won't learn about this for another 20 years. Knock on wood, in that, you know, 15 to 20 years, I'm in no rush. But the, uh, the, the fact of the matter is, I have that, a lot of the, the main pain of grief gone. Um, I have the pain of, I'll never talk to them is gone you know I'll never talk to them again rather I'll never see them again rather all that stuff is wiped out for me and i just know that i will not i will i just have to you know go on live my life do my thing but and um do the best i can to do the things i'm here to do and when i'm done well it's time to go home and tell everybody about my experiences and we can sit and shoot the shit around you know the table in the backyard and um talk about it so that is how grief works for me on both both levels and what it is like to connect with somebody who's freshly dead, which is not highly recommended at all. I do not recommend this. It's like zero out of five stars, man. None. No, no, no. Never again. Lesson learned. So gross. And both of those things will m- inform my grief going forward next time somebody passes. And it's just... But for somebody who is normative, who is not a sensitive and uh, is having to deal with the doubts of continued existence. And I actually, Ken threw that in my face once. Uh, in a couple of days after he died, I want to say it was, I'm in my kitchen and I break down with grief once again. And I'm slamming my fist into um, a closet door. And I'm just slamming it, yelling, there has to be more than this. There just has to be more than this. I can't believe I only had six years with him and this is all I'm getting. And this is, like I said, this is an example of the grief I you experienced once upon a time. And I had more than one of those episodes. I didn't have a whole lot, but I did. I had the episodes and it was just, you know just slamming my fist, looking for some kind of release and relief from the pain. So some months later, and this is after I, Linda, you know, I guess you could say came out to me as a medium, so to speak. I don't know how many months after we had started reconnecting through her, when he threw it in my face. Ken threw this in my face by saying, uh, you said there has to be more than this and i'm here to sell you yeah there is more than this just trust me and i can't remember right now what it was that i said prior to that i would actually have to go and look up the chat and it's probably you know that i save all my chats so i know it's in there somewhere but what i it, it just blew me out of my seat i was not i was literally knocked breathless i never told her about that moments that i had I never really talked to anybody about what I was going through in my grief. I was very private about it. And I, you know, I hurt. There were weird stuff, things that were going on then too. And I will do uh, promise. I know I'm a tease. I will, and I should probably stop teasing and just start recording podcasts as I have them in my head about what I experienced in the days after his passing as somebody who was completely closed down and what happened afterwards. When I found out like about eh, seven weeks after he passed that, oh my God, you're not dead. And I'm a psychic freaking medium. That's, that'll be another story uh, that for another podcast, but I will get to it. So in this case, um, it's just strange to me sometimes. Because on the one hand, I am still human. I am still a person. I am still going, got my brain chemicals even though they misfire and the the wiring is not all that great because you know I'm it's like I'm living in a modern house with uh, cloth wiring sometimes in terms of my neurological system but on the other hand I'm exposed to something that I never thought was possible some because for the longest time I felt one and done that's it six feet underground dirt nap no more, no more existence. And so did Ken, by the way. He also had that feeling. never expressed it to me directly, but I know because of what he said elsewhere. And have that having all that turned on its head really changes my language of grief. But that is not to say that I'm unsympathetic to the people who are, you know, not sensitive and I do understand grief and I do understand how it works for many people. The shock, the pain the stress all of it i've experienced all of it and i am right there with the people who need that reassurance and it's what my job is here to do is to help people know that this is not the end and that it's okay to live life thinking about them about reuni- reuniting with them maybe not through religion if you're not in, if you're not of the religious bent that's okay if you are that's okay too that's your language um, but you know, this is, um, it's weird. It's funky. It's not all, uh, you know, roses and, and, and sugar uh, by any means at times. And this is the stuff that I was experiencing in the hours after my uncle's passing was the stuff that led me to shut down all those years ago when I was like, you know, like 21 years old and I am going on 49 and I only started redoing reopening. After Ken passed a few years ago, so it's a long time to be insensitive to uh, what's out there and experience a lot of stuff. So here I am, helped you know, wanting to give you the listener um either just a measure of peace or a measure of hope, um, or maybe challenge your thinking if you don't necessarily want to believe in you know trust or have faith in me belief isn't even a thing here it's trust and faith if you don't want to you know if you're not want to having trust and faith in the afterlife that's fine too you know but mine here to try to give you some positive notes with making it understandable and not so fluffy fluffy foo-foo and that is the purpose of this particular podcast it's just an exploration of grief from for for how it works for sensitive and now because then again i don't speak for all sensitives it is different for everybody but i will share i will i am sure i have similarities in the sense that when you know somebody isn't gone from your life for good you don't grieve in the same way and you know that you'll see them again so there's a large chunk of that pain taken away and linda agrees she feels the same way about that when somebody's passed so i know at least there's a you know you have a, a a cohort of two that's I feel like that uh, two psychic mediums but it's just some some place for people to understand the differences and how it works for us i mean i wish i, I wish nothing but the best for my uncle going forward and you know i know who he's with and i am trying to not say up there because it's an old habit because up there really isn't a thing but it's an old ingrained habit from you know, childhood uh, religious studies. And um, so I wanted, you know, part of my brain, you know, it's like, he's up there in heaven. No, he's not. He's on another plane dimension existence or whatever, what have you. That doesn't rely on Newtonian physics to exist. So that, you know, they're, they're, what have you. So in that regard, yeah. For him, I just want him to do whatever he wants, enjoy whatever he wants be with whoever he wants. I don't expect him to change a whole hell of a lot because of the way he, he lived his entire life. And he was in his 70s when he passed and he didn't change much for 40-something years. Um, and I, you know, He just started, he went on a downhill slide and never came back out of it. Oh, well. So, you know, he's, he's free from the things that troubled him. He's not hurting anymore, which is wonderful because nobody wants to live with the kind of pain he was in. It's awful. And he doesn't have to be concerned with the stuff that pushed him into the mi- mindset that he had. And that is enough for me. That's all I ask for. And that's all I want him to have is whatever he needs. It Just as long as it doesn't have to come from me. Anyway, <laughs> I've, had, I've been passing people over a little bit lately and it's not something that i am real good at it's not hard it's just when you're when you have a brain like mine coming up with a sincere some sincerity that's required takes work it's not that i can't do it it's just a, a getting to that part of my head i've yeah i've had to tune i've had to tone turn down my need to care give for people and feel for people in order to con- preserve it myself and that's just um part of therapy that will change at some point where i can finally feel better about doing this stuff but right now when i have somebody who's needing help and they come to me because somebody out there not ken ken likes to me to have my peace and quiet someone out there says go check this woman out bother her a bit and she'll send you home kind of message gets out i'm you know i'm it and sometimes i don't want to be it but I don't have to be it either. However, I like to help people. So I do it. And there you have it. (laughs) So I'm a little worn out of crossing people over. Anyway, on that note, I am running out of steam for this particular uh, episode and content and anything else. So hope everybody's out out there that's listening are in good health that we're all staying away from the coronavirus as best as we can and um doing what we need to do and enjoy this lovely hot summer holy crap is it hot and doing our things so until the next time remember i appreciate all of you that do listen i really do i do this to throw stuff out there and um hope something sticks or helps or take your pick so in the meantime Until the next one, the next one will be part two, by the way, of the previous podcast about paranormal investigations, because people do need to know they don't need to live with a dick in their house, you (laughs) know, and God, all right, I'm going to shut up before I screw up again. So on that note, take care and until the next podcast, be well, healthy and happy.